to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From beautiful Hotel Candelaria in Antigua, Guatemala, my name is Sean Smith, and on behalf of myself and my beautiful wife, Don Maurice, hello. Welcome to Now is the Time. It is my privilege to welcome to the Mobile Pro Podcast booth here at exquisite Hotel Candelaria, stove crew number five, numero cinco, and I'm going to have the crew members introduce themselves, starting with their crew leader. Rochelle Gonzalez from San Jose, California. Um, Aaron Grebner from Peoria, Illinois. Lydia Fonseca from San Jose, California. Kara Norman Reese from Peoria, Illinois. And Dave Reese, also from Peoria, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast booth. It is day one. We just got back just a few minutes ago from the work site Santa Tomas, the village of Santa Tomas, working in partnership with Corazon de los Niños. And I would love to hear first impressions of your day. If you had to sum up your day in one word. This is like being in the batter's box before uh, coming up to face the pitcher. What do you mean by that? Well, so this was all preparation. You hear about the mission of uh, the organization and kind of get fired up. And um, it, it's, it just gets you ready uh, to go out and build stoves. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel fired up and ready? Prepared? I do. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great. Anyone else? One word summation your experience today. Fun. Fun. <laughs> Why fun, fun Rochelle? Well, it was a big party. I mean, it was. <laughs> we got to go to the site, and we had a great lunch that was prepared for us. An amazing welcome by everybody. The kids were so cute. Um, and then we... We did a stove, but it was it was instruction day, so it was you know no pressure and to talk yeah. To we the basically family. just watched. It was pretty nice, just fun. Yeah, fun day. Fun for you too. Yeah, Lydia? it was fun. Just like hanging out, and I love the presentation that the kids did, like the traditional dance. It's like the dance of the deer or something. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like really excited, and it was really fun watching them. We had something I I don't think we've ever had in previous years. Maybe you guys, some of you guys are veterans, but. Uh, what happened when we got off the bus? Describe what what that was like. Dave was one of the first ones off, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And what so, was that? What, explain that. What was that experience like? Well, as we pulled up, we hear a lot of cheering, and of course, there's a lot of kids there. So I thought it was just some regular thing. And as we all filed off, they were cheering for us, just clapping and yelling, and. Uh, Firecrackers going off in the background. <laughs> it, it was a uh, sensory overload. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that make you feel, Aaron? Walking into that today, um, I got really surprised by the firecrackers. Um, that caught me off guard. And scared me. <laughs> they're really loud. <laughs> yeah. I think I they're louder loud. here than in the U.S. <laughs> oh, just closer. Really I don't loud. think they've done that before. No, it no. surprised me too. I was like, oh, that was fun. Like they're super excited mm -hmm. and. It's exciting when people are excited to see you. Yeah. 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 Makes you feel like, wow, somebody was planning, <laughs> planning for us to show up today. Well, how would you describe your day? Um, I really liked it. It was, it was pretty neat. Anything stand out for you? Anything that was memorable for you that uh, maybe you haven't seen before or you haven't done before? Um, the way the house was kind of laid out how there is like different like 
kind of buildings for each like area in like an open main central area and there was like chickens and stuff that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah a lot of uh chickens and animals um the house we were at had a couple of uh I guess they were doves, maybe, or pigeons or something, and as pets, you know, they were keeping them as pets. Karen, how would you sum up your day? One word or more? <laughs> She's smiling and laughing. <laughs> no? No way to sum it up? Nope. Okay. Um, so, talk about... Uh, Corazon de las Niñas. We had a small presentation this morning, and uh, what did you learn about the organization? Some of you have been here before. Um, my guess is you learned something new that you didn't know before. Um, some of you guys have been to Guatemala. Dave and Karen have been to Guatemala before, uh, but this is a new project for you well, guys. Well, the whole focus seems different from when we were here, uh, whereas it before it was going to a uh, organization and assisting them directly. And now it seems we're assisting this organization's clients. So that's the difference. Um, whereas previously it was construction oriented, building a chapel, girls dormitory, right. putting in um, uh, playground equipment, security walls and such. Uh, but now it's uh, more one-on-one. -on -one. And whereas this organization, that's, that's what they do. They have clients in several villages and in multiple ways try to help them in different aspects of their lives. Yeah, so Olga Miguel Migoni, which we worked with for nine years, I believe, um, they're serving uh, families who, um, children who come from abusive families. And so they live in this institution. It's an institutional uh, life and uh, with these kids who have broken, broken families and a lot of trauma, and so it's a, it's a totally different focus for the you know their mission work and their ministry, their daily work is very very different. This organization is serving uh, families who are living in extreme poverty and they're trying to help them uh, to educate them and give them some tools to lift themselves out of poverty, and so they do they deal with. You know, it's it's a completely different focus with this with this project, and uh, and they they have so many different projects that are part of um, their vision. Rochelle, you've worked um, with them for a couple of years now, right? And uh, is there something you learned about them today? Something different? Yes, I knew that I, I we learned last year or maybe the year before about their process of. Uh, auto I can't. I don't know the word. What, the auto sustainable or self-sustaining. Right. So that was. I knew about that, but learning more about it this year, it's pretty amazing what they do with their resources and and their goal of helping people help themselves. But um, what really amazed me today was learning how many families they serve. They have three locations. Yes. And. It was over 900 families. Yes. I don't remember the exact number, which is, you know, what did you calculate? Like 5,000 people or Close something? Close to 5,000. The average five family, average is five family members per family. So that, I didn't realize how many people they served. That's... I didn't either. I, I thought it was more like 3,000. I, I had no idea. 5,000 people. That's a small town. I right. Mean, 
and they provide you know so much help and assistance and um, the medical clinic and the pharmacy it's such a great idea and then help with school and the kids and um, and then helping them to I think they talk about helping other people too or just I don't know I just like that they require them to put in sweat equity um, so it's not just like oh here's tuition money or here's this or that but I like that they have a, a program. Oh, and also the um, education, like the teaching them, not only the helping with the kids, but the moms with um, like a profession. They talked about like, baking the carrot cake or something using um, things that they have here. So just yeah, so they hearing about the program. Yeah, they they grow carrots in this village, and they were saying, okay, what can we do with carrots to teach? Uh, especially the moms who are in the homes, taking care of the homes, raising their children, and um, they have just enormous domestic duties, um, just living in extreme poverty, uh, trying to maintain the house. What can we do in the home? And they were like, well, we could teach them to bake a carrot cake, for example, and sell those as a business. And so um, that that was new to me, too. it's brilliant how they're yeah. trying to look for entrepreneurial opportunities that uh, these families can use to lift themselves out of poverty. And that cottage industry um, model seems pretty prevalent. I noticed a lot of sidewalk stands where yes. or people selling right from their house. Yes. And, um, so it seems to lend itself to, the, to that. That's so true. So Lydia, you said that you learned something today. What yeah, it's basically learn? all the stuff you guys just said. <laughs> but yeah, I had no like I knew that they had like a lot of people, but I didn't know they had the three different locations and I didn't know they had that many people that were helping it. And I think that's amazing, like it's so many people and I just think it's really cool how they're helping so many people. Now, you worked in Santa Tomas two years one, ago, yeah, right? One year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for one year. Um and Last year, you were not able to come. Yeah. You were sick. The day before. <laughs> the day I'm still before, mad. <laughs> day before, you were getting on the plane. You were paid for. You fundraised. You worked Everything. all year. I was getting ready to pack, and that day, I got sick and like went to the doctor. I was like, what can I do? And they're like, you can't fly. I'm like, like, I'm like, is there anything? Like, no. If you still have a fever, you can't go. And I still had a fever. So Not a little fever. What was yeah, your fever? It was like 100. It was high. No, it was more than 100. Yeah, yeah it was, it was like, like 105 a, or something. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Hot. And, uh, yeah. Don't so, know why, but yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so this year, you're I'm even ready more, to go. <laughs> you're even more determined. Yeah. You're like, I got two years to make exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. It's great to have you back. Aaron, first time here, you've heard about this mission, I imagine, through your church. Is that right? Yeah. And so I'm curious. What uh, what's similar to what you expected, and what's maybe different than what you expected? Um, I didn't really know what to expect, so I didn't have any expectations. So everything's like surprising me as I go along. That's a good way. He had no expectations at all. Um, I didn't really know what to expect at all, so. Yeah. Did you know anything about Guatemala or these projects that we do? Um, I knew what the projects were, but I didn't really know anything about Guatemala. So what did you learn about Guatemala today? 
curious. Um, hmm. I... He's thinking very, very hard. <laughs> I learned that everybody here is extremely nice and it greets you no matter what. That's so true, isn't it? Even a perfect stranger from a different country. I've thought about that many times, you know. Um, I, I live in Florida, so there's a lot of immigrants from all over the world who seem to come through Florida. And I often wonder if, if we are as welcoming, as hospitable to foreigners. Do I even say hi in the street to them? Or, I mean, everybody here says... Mm -hmm. Buenos dias, buenos tardes. Yeah, and I come from California, and we're not the most friendly people. <laughs> so it's, like, very different. Like you, like, you don't say hi to people in California, unless if, like, you bump into them or whatever. You know, like, I try to avoid people sometimes. And, like, when I hear, like, any any person you see, just like, hi, or buenos dias, like, how are you? And it's just so cool. It's so, such a different experience, and I really like it. Mm. Tell me about your impressions from the the the... We mentioned that the dance is a folklore dance, and then um, some food that they had prepared for us to to try. Uh, what what were your impressions of that? We we had some samples, um, and then later we went and had a, a lunch at a home. Tell me about that experience. Everyone's looking <laughs> looking at each other. <laughs> well, I got to tell you that for the first 24 hours, it seems all we've done is eat. <laughs> and uh, But then again, that's kind of uh, helps with the anticipation because we know, we know the tasks are coming up and it gives us a chance as a, uh, as a whole team to get to know each other. Yeah. And then that helps us work better with each other when we're doing specific jobs. So I think ultimate at first I thought, well, gee, aren't we going to really do anything? And and now though, uh, it seems to all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there there'll be plenty of time to work. <laughs> but you're right. You know, we found in the early years, and maybe even when you guys came, that um, we used to jump right into projects like first day, and often we would field questions at night like. So how does this work? Like, who are who is this organization? Who are these families? And and we thought, you know, if we took a little time up front in the beginning of the week, like the first day, just to kind of answer all those questions that people have and to really kind of get to know the community a little bit, the project a little bit, we found that... Um, you know, number one, there's there's not as many doubts or questions about how all this works. But number two, the volunteers tend to work a little harder. It's more meaningful. It's like, oh, wow, this is really important work that we can be a part of. And and it builds, like you were saying, this cohesion. We, we don't plan all these. I mean, everybody has to eat. So we have planned meals. But the food was kind of their idea, like the snack thing with the corn, different things, that was their idea, and then the formal lunch, um, you know, but uh, 
but yeah, we it was really hard because we only have five work days, you know, and to take an entire day just to learn about the culture and the project and learn about how to do what we're going to be doing for the rest of the week. It sounds like not a very good use of time, but we found that if we take that full day on Monday, then by Tuesday morning, we're trained, we're equipped, inspired, I think you said inspired, you know, to like hit the ground running and, and then we got four really full days. It's, it's just worked, that's worked better than what it was in the, in the past for us. Tell me about the, speaking of the food, how was the food? What, what, what was your impression of the food, Jeremy? Aaron, sorry, have you ever had that food before? Uh, no, it was new to me and it was really good. Um, when I had gotten up to get it, I accidentally grabbed a bit too much and somebody had to help me carry it out. And while we were walking, I was really worried because for a second I forgot how to say thank you in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> So did you remember or did somebody I, help you? Um, Juliana told me that it was gracias. <laughs> <laughs> More, yeah. That's great. So Lydia and Rochelle, you, you had had the food before, mm-hmm. maybe even in that house, right? Had we eaten there before? Do you remember? Yeah. The time Two years I ago maybe we did? Mm-hmm. It's so good. I love it. And it's so sweet that they make all that food. And like you said, like that, it's like a traditional like dinner or something, and it has like 30 ingredients or something. Yeah. That's crazy, and it's delicious, and they're so excited that we're there, and it's just awesome. Great experience. Yeah, so the food was delicious, but I also like, they really decorated for us. It was so cute. I mean, I thought it was so nice. They had balloons and um, arrangements on the tables, and I just thought it was really nice. You can tell they really put a lot of effort and time and work into it. So I appreciated that. I thought it was really sweet and fun. Very festive. I like a party, so it's <laughs> fun. <laughs> I like decorating when I have a party, so I appreciate it when people decorate. Now, Dave, when you guys came before, did we were we doing stoves at that time? Not when not when I went. Later on, when Karen and Juliana returned, um, it was strictly. Strictly construction, but also the VBS program. And uh, at that time, we're still doing medical crews as well as clothing distribution. Yeah, that was a while ago. When when was that? Do you remember? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah, praise God. Thank you for coming back. So I'm curious your impressions of these stoves. It's a very different project. Well, it's simple, but yet so effective. And uh, being a combination of cinder blocks and clay-formed items, and I could see how it really is transformative to these families. And, uh, and yet, able for uh, rookie civilians to put together <laughs> that it doesn't take a master craftsman to uh, weld or sheet metal or anything, that even we can do this. <laughs> yeah. And again, I like uh, going out. We are, uh, similar to planting the citrus trees uh, when I was here before, uh, where we can go into people's homes and get a real sense of how uh, they live. Mm-hmm. 
Aaron, what what was your impression? You had never seen the stoves before. What was your impression of the stoves, or maybe the the home of the stove, um, where the stove was installed? Um, I really liked how um, simple it was to put the stoves together, and they looked like they worked really well. And it's something that I think I'm going to really enjoy doing this week. Oh, great! That's yeah, awesome. I hope you do too. <laughs> For those um, who are listening that that maybe have never been to Guatemala before, um, what's one thing that you could describe to them that would help them understand what it's like to live here, especially the families that we are serving? Uh, how would you describe life in Guatemala for these families? Or what's one thing that's different from the U.S. that you noticed today? Um, it's very difficult for them. Like, they work very hard, and they don't get a lot in return. Hmm. So, it's gl- I'm glad that... Um, like, these organizations are trying to help them out. But still, like, even with all this help, there's still much, so much, so much more that needs to happen to help these people out. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking we, we paid the mason mm-hmm. today who installed the floors. And uh, his daily wage is 125 quetzales, which comes out to... About fifteen dollars a day for the day, yeah. And and he's a master mason. Like he's kind of the top of his. I mean, takes some years. I don't know how many years to get to that level, but uh, yeah, it's fifteen dollars a day as a tradesperson. So a lot of hard yeah. manual labor. This is like there's no concrete mixing machine. This is you'll see the pictures. Go to now as a now is the time for missions.com. You can see the photos of our floor crews. Uh, it's, it's shovels and concrete and water and sand. Oh, and but not only that, commercial construction is of the same design. They had the mixer, and then they must have had two dozen people all up on ladders carrying plastic pails of mix up to do the second floor, all done by hand. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we walked by this on our way to the... House for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, how many guys do you think were were there? Well, like I said, it had to be at least twenty, yeah. and uh, and everything, every single thing. They they were building a building a cement house with hand tools, essentially. Yeah. Yep, that's so true. How else would you describe life in Guatemala? It's different from the U.S. Well, the homes are I'm, that we were in are you know more simple. They don't have all the conveniences that we do, and um, and I think about they make use of everything. They're very resourceful, and um, it just makes me think about how wasteful I can be. Um, so they're much more resourceful, and they get by on a lot less than we do, um, and still seem to be happy. I mean, they greet us 
so kindly and warmly and um, so it's definitely a different life. Can you give me an example of something that uh, you know as you described they have a lot less they get by with like something that you said I don't remember your exact words but something in effect of they make use of everything they have. Can you give me an example of something they've made use of that maybe we would dismiss? Or Well, in the stove that we installed, we needed something to make the floor level. And, and the home had a very nice tile floor instead of a dirt floor that mm. we sometimes install then. And so if we have the dirt floor, we'll just put some dirt underneath. But we um, used a cardboard shoebox as shims. I mean, that was just kind of a mm-hmm. quick little example. But if you look around the house, um, in the in the kitchen, you know, I think there were a few pans, but not like a fully stocked kitchen. And um, just I'm trying to think, I've seen. You know, in all the years I've seen a lot of really good examples of using things. I just can't right, think right. of just any off the top of now. my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah last week we, <clears throat> I dropped a team off to do a floor, and um, all of the walls were were cardboard. I hadn't seen that in a long time. I mean, it was a big room, and all four walls were were cardboard. <laughs> and, and meticulously placed you know to keep the elements out well and Aaron in the beginning you mentioned the homes how it was how they had I forget how you described it but like rooms and like courtyard or like they had a area in the center it was like open it was like dirt floor and then like all around there were like different rooms that you could go in right and um Often, like in this house, the family, extended family, they'll live. I always think of it as like a compound. It's kind of cool. They have one family's here, and then we met Dad today. He was 90 years old. Wow. You have never guessed, though. No. He looks good for his age. (laughs) So um, Dad lived there, and um, uh, a sister in another part of, in another room or another part of their larger property. So I, I like how they, I like that. All the, the cousins were together and the sisters. And mm. so I really like that sense of family and um, how, and I've seen that in many, many of the homes. Like yeah, extended family is a huge, huge part of the culture for sure. Any final thoughts for, for, family members or supporters back home or anyone else listening to this who uh, may be interested in coming on a mission someday or um, just any final thoughts you'd care to share? Well, we certainly could not have done this without a wide variety of supporters. We're almost like the focal points for groups and groups and groups of people. And so whether they bought fundraising items or... uh, gave outright donations or uh, or supplied donated clothing items. Uh, it all makes for a successful trip. But then the other thing is it's the the mission itself is is safe for one thing. 
I told somebody about the mission for the first time from the airport on yesterday, on Sunday, and uh, he was worried, you know, that uh, there, there would be problems. I tried to convey in a brief telephone conversation, but I did not uh, allay his fears. And that's my father. And mm. uh, I remember having the exact same conversation 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, but it's all controlled. And, and even your illness last year, mm-hmm. well, that could possibly, if, if you were communicable, it would have kept, exactly. you know, half the people from right. getting that sick. So that, <laughs> so that was a critical thing and important thing that you did, even though at the time you were probably not thinking yeah. that way. Yeah, but so, like, can't get the whole village sick. <laughs> so from, from security to food to uh, on and on, uh, from the moment we get here till the time we leave, uh, there's, ne- there's never a question about or an issue about uh, safety. Mm-hmm. So that's it. And it makes it then easier for us uh, to do our job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other final thoughts? One of the concerns seems to be speaking the language. Yes. And you really don't have to. If you have someone who can <laughs> interpret, <laughs> you know, She's it's a to, struggle. She's <laughs> pointing to Lydia, who's come a long well, way with Rochelle, yeah. both. And Rochelle, yeah. Did a lot of interpreting. If we can do it together, right. like we can yeah. do it. <laughs> Team. <laughs> but that it doesn't need to be something like you don't have to be that fluent in Spanish to get the work done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's or so hug true. A child or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Take a picture. <laughs> There's so many gifts that are used while you're here. Majority of our volunteers don't speak Spanish. Vast majority. Wouldn't you say like mm-hmm. eighty or ninety percent? <laughs> yeah, at least. And. They do amazing work, and they come back, and they bring friends, and like you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Aaron's here because of you guys, and yeah. uh, that's so true. I had a similar experience to Dave's. One of the guys I work with is like, what are you doing going out of the country? Because right now, you know, Americans are being targeted. It's like, whether I'm at home or whether I'm here, if it's the day, it's the day. Mm. But... I have more faith than that, that it's not going to happen hmm. while I'm here. Because it is. It's a safe environment. No one puts us in danger while we're here. Yeah, and we do. We have a very strict covenant. N- covenant. No one goes out at night. No one goes alone anywhere. And uh, we have very experienced leaders, as you've seen. I mean, they've been here and done this many, many times. But also, we're really blessed that... Guatemala is very welcoming to Americans, uh, especially Christian volunteers, because they know that we're here to help. Uh, they know that, in fact, there's there's an unwritten rule amongst the narco traffickers that traffic drugs from Colombia up to the U.S. through Guatemala. There's an unwritten rule that um, volunteers are hands off because they know that we're helping, and many times we're helping their family members because these are people who are coming from broken families uh, they have received assistance uh, from organizations like ours and uh, so when I heard that I was like wow even 
even the drug dealers and <laughs> and the really bad dudes are like, no, 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 hands off those guys. Those guys are helping us out. And so we we are really blessed that Guatemala is so welcoming to uh, to missionaries like us. Well, I don't want to keep you from dinner, but I could I could talk to you guys all night. <laughs> um, and I cherish these moments to talk with you because, um, as you've seen, this is the longest I've talked with any of you since you've been here because we're kind of running and, uh, you know, trying to keep materials in front of you. And um, so I like to take this moment to say on behalf of Dom Reese and myself, thank you for coming to Guatemala. Thank you to all of your supporters who have made it possible for you to come here. We could not do it without any of you and without any of them back home and uh, and thank you for coming back for those who have come back and uh, thank you Aaron for coming the first time I hope you will come back and on behalf of Domaries, myself Lillian all the volunteers and Santa Tomas and Buena Vista thank you for your service to our Lord and to his children here in Guatemala and thanks for sharing your stories on the podcast of course you're welcome. So that's all the time we have for now from Antigua, Guatemala. If you'd like more information about our mission, team photos, audio podcasts, blog posts, or even YouTube videos, visit our mission website at nowisthetimeformissions.com. That's nowisthetimeformissions.com. And until next time, this is Sean Smith saying Dios te bendiga, may God bless you. Vaya con Dios, go with God. Pero no inmediatamente.